0: Don't touch that phone. You're listening to the Mutual Audio Network, and there's no escape. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance.
1: Audio presents Jake Dimes, Range Detective, A Tale of the Old West, by Pete Lutz, starring the Narada Radio Company. Tonight, Chapter 11, The Trial.
2: Our story so far, quite a lot of things have been happening in the little Arizona town of Prickly Pear. Jake Dimes, our hero, while awaiting trial for triple murder and attempted robbery of a payroll delivery, hasn't just been sitting in his jail cell twiddling his thumbs. We've been hearing hints of some kind of newfangled scientific experimentation going on with the bullets removed from the dead men, as well as some other tests. In the meantime, a mysterious stranger has held up three members of the actual payroll robbing gang as they came out of the saloon and stolen their sidearms and their money. The guns were recovered and returned to the men, but the money seems to have disappeared. Then, just before the episode signed off, young Chris Greenslate, who has been championing Jake's innocence, finally read the letter from Marigold Pinkleson, but when she was done, she burst into tears. As we take up our tale again, today's the day of the trial, and the entire population of Prickly Pear is treating it like a holiday.
1: Big trial today.
2: Oh, I know that Jake Dawson fellow.
1: Think there'll be a hanging? Wow, now that'll be something
2: more.
0: Gerald Wood, you headed to the courthouse.
2: On my way there now. So you hope there'll be a hanging, don't you? Oh my, yes. They'll just have to, won't they?
0: Been a long time since this town's seen a good hanging.
1: Settle down, everybody. Come to order now, you hear me, folks? That's better. Now, we have the territory of Arizona versus, uh, Mr. Jake Dawson. Am I right, bailiff? That's right, Your Honor. Thank you, Jasper. Now, Mr. Prosecutor, are you ready for the trial to begin? Yes, Your Honor. Good, good. And, Mr. Defense Attorney, what say you? Yes, sir, Judge. We're ready to get started. Good. Now, let me warn everybody in this room that even though this trial's being held in Stewart's warehouse, there being no other structure of sufficient size in the fine town of Prickly Pear, I say, even though we are here, a- and I thank Cobb Stewart for allowing us the use, most certainly, <laughs> Cobb, even though we're in this warehouse, that doesn't mean we're not a real courtroom in the eyes of the law. You hear? so I'll tolerate no shenanigans nor Donnybrooks from the spectators. Jurors will refrain from smoking, and if you are going to spit, confine your expectorations to the cuspidors. In other words, decorum, gentlemen, is the watchword of which I'll brook nothing less than. Now, commence. Mr. Prosecutor, you're up. Present your opening statement, George. Thank you, Your
3: Honour. <clears throat> Gentlemen of the jury, I rise today to present the case of the territory of Arizona versus Jake Dawson, on the charge of triple homicide and and attempted robbery. The prosecution will prove beyond the shadow of a doubt that this man, Jake Dawson, did in a diabolical and premeditated fashion ambush three payroll riders from Slim Sutcliffe's D-Bar D Ranch and then, and then, gun them down. In the coldest
1: of blood. Pipe down, everybody. That all, George?
3: Yes, Your Honor.
1: All righty. Now, Lyman, you want to give your opening statement?
0: If it's all the same to you, Judge, I- I'd rather wait until my learned colleague has completed his prosecution. I don't mind, Lyman.
1: George, what say you? Your Honor? This is perfectly fine with me.
3: Okie dokie then. Call your first witness. The prosecution calls Sheriff Bert Conroy. Sheriff Bert Conroy.
4: Right here, Jasper. I've been sitting right next to you for 15 minutes. (laughs) Do you solemnly swear that the testimony you're about to give is the
3: truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I do. Uh, take the stand, Bert. Now, Sheriff, Sheriff Conrad, I say, in your words, please, your own words, please tell the court your account of the incident in question. My. account? Your account, but, um, uh, just to tell us all what happened. Oh, why,
4: well, why, well, sure, George. Uh, why didn't you say so? Now, uh,. When Bri, Buck, and Mrs. Sutcliffe, and, and me, when we rode up to the spot with the outcrop of uh, rocks, we spied the bodies of four fellers uh, lying on the ground. Buck and me, well, we dismounted and uh, walked up to them.
3: And, and then what, uh, Bert, uh, a Sheriff?
4: Hmm, uh, oh, um... Uh, uh, Buck and me, uh, we, we found three dead fellers and uh, one live one. The three dead was Dad, uh, the payroll Dad, are you being called as a
3: witness?
4: I'm afraid so, Christine, for the prosecution.
3: But what are you going to say? You never saw Jake doing anything illegal, did you?
4: No, of course not. And I'll say as much when I'm on the stand, but I don't know what all the prosecutor's going to ask me.
3: Oh, Dad, just look at him over there. Poor Jake, all alone, not a friend in the world.
4: Seems to me the lad's got one friend.
0: <laughs> I guess he does it that. Do you think he's guilty, Dad?
3: I
4: don't know for certain, Christine, dear, but I do know that no daughter of mine could ever have feelings for a killer, so... Thank
3: you, Sheriff. The prosecution now calls Fred Greenslates.
4: That's me. I didn't realize I'd be called so quickly. Buck up, dear, and have Fred faith. Green Slate. Fred Greenslate. Fred Greenslate. Here Slate. I am. I'm coming. Do you solemnly swear that the testimony you're about to give is the truth,
3: the whole truth, and nothing but the truth?
4: <gasps> I do. Have a seat, Fred.
3: Now, Mr. Greenslate, before the defendant arrived at your ranch, the rolling inn, and asked you for a job, have you ever seen him before?
4: No, never. But I like the look of the man. He seemed confident and able and...
3: Now, thank you, Mr. Greenslate, but just a simple yes or no will suffice. Now, I understand that Dawson
0: and your range ball... why are we going through this sham of a trial? Why doesn't Jake just up and tell the truth about himself? Now, Molly, Jake's done got his own reasons for things. I'm thinking he wants to be sworn in legal-like, so when he does up and tell his story, won't nobody have no doubts about it. Well, all right. But I think the prosecutor's ripping Jake to shreds, and it'll take a mighty big load of story on his part to convince these 12 men and true. Look, Buck. Look at what, Molly? Over on the other side of the room. Somebody's just giving Chris Greenslade a note, and she's getting up. She's leaving the courtroom while her father's up there testifying on the stand. What on earth?
4: Yep, there she goes. Like her hair's on
3: fire. And not looking back. The defendant.
1: Yes,
4: once. But I dismissed them. Dawson had never given me any reason to doubt.
3: That's all, Mr. Greenslate, Your Honor. I have uh, no more questions for this
1: witness. Does the defense wish to cross-examine Mr. Greenslate? Uh, no, Your Honor. Really, Lyman? That's two for two you've turned down for cross-examination. What kind of defense do you think you're running for your client here? Would it help, Judge, if I said I'd like to reserve the right to recall him later? I don't reckon that's so bad. So be it. Fred, you can step down.
4: Thank you, Your Honor. Uh, uh, Judge, would it be all right if I left the courtroom?
1: I don't see why not, but are you going far?
4: When I was on the stand, I saw my daughter Christine rush out of the courtroom. I just want to find her and see if she's all right.
1: That's okay by me, Fred. Any arguments, gentlemen? Fine, all right. George, who's your next witness?
4: Christine? Christine? Now, where did she get off to? I'd better look around and see just what in the world she's doing. That headstrong daughter of mine gets into more trouble...
1: In this court, or I'll clear out the lot of you. Do you want that? Oh, I didn't think so. Continue, Mr. Prosecutor. Thank you, Your Honor. Now, then,
3: Miss Underhill, will you take up your story where you left off? Yes, and then. and then I saw that man. Let the record show that the witness is pointing to the defendant. I saw Jake Dawson point his gun at Grover, uh, uh, Mr. Nathan, and force him to go into the livery stable. Thank you, Miss Underhill. And then what happened? Mr. Dawson came riding out a few moments later on his horse. And would you say he was riding leisurely? No. No, he was not. He came speeding out of there like a demon was after him.
1: all right. All right mister Prosecutor, do you have any further questions? No, your honor. All righty. Uh
0: Lyman, is it worth it to ask? Well, Judge, I I wouldn't mind asking this young lady a question or two. Well, fancy that.
1: Well, come on up then. Have a seat, George.
0: Miss Underhill, you stated a moment ago that you witnessed my client, mister Jake Dawson forcing Mr. Grover Nathan into the livery stable at gunpoint and then riding out quickly. Is that correct? Yes. Did you see anything else? Excuse me? Well, uh, did you, for example, see my client pistol whip Mr. Nathan to within an inch of his life? Did you see that?
3: Um, no, I don't. I didn't.
0: So... All you saw was two men walking into the stable, and then, a few moments later, one of those men riding out of the stable. Does this sum up the total of your testimony? I... I... Your Honor, I object.
1: Defense counsel is badgering the witness. Witness Alanza, Objection overruled.
3: Um, um, no, I...
0: I guess I didn't see...
1: That's all. Thank you, Miss Underhill. Witness will step down. George, you got anybody else? Yo, owner, the prosecution rests. Okie dokie. We'll take a 20-minute recess, and then we'll get going on the defense. Call to Jan. All right. <laughs>
2: court will come to order all rise
1: all right everybody sit down lyman are you ready with the defense i am your honor call your first
0: witness defense calls mr stewart slim sutcliffe
2: stewart sutcliffe stewart sutcliffe right here your honor Raise your hand. Do you solemnly swear that the testimony you're about to give is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth?
4: I do.
0: Take the stand. Your name is Stuart Sutcliffe, and you are the owner of the D-Bar D-Ranch?
4: That's right. My friends call me Slim.
0: And can you identify my client by name and by sight, Mr. Sutcliffe?
4: I most certainly can.
0: And when did you first meet my client?
4: I met him the first day he arrived in Prickly Pear.
0: And what is his name, sir?
4: Well, the townsfolk know him as Jake Dawson. And so does my old friend Fred Greenslate and his men of the Rolling Inn Ranch. But I know him by a different name.
0: And what's that?
4: As Jake Dimes, the detective that I hired to solve these robbers.
1: Quiet! Quiet! said, quiet! That's better. Now, George, I imagine the prosecution has an objection to raise. Your Honor, I certainly do. I most certainly do. <laughs> On what grounds? I will... I will think of something. I'll take that under advisement. Now, Lyman, you'd better, and I mean dang quick, explain to me why you shouldn't be disbarred for this little trick here. Not a trick, Your
0: Honor. A rigorous defense of my client. If you'll just let Mr. Sutcliffe give his testimony, I'm sure I will be made clear.
4: And so I hired the Pinkleson Detective Agency to clear up this robbery mess. They sent out their best man, Jake Dimes.
0: Knew I'd made the right choice of ranches when I got kidnapped by Birch Hickam and his sister, Betty Jo. You might know her better as Susan Underhill. Well, I never... I... Grab her, boys.
4: Yes, sir. Me and Jake, we came to Prickly Pear on that day. And it was only after talking with Mr. Sutcliffe there
0: that we even knowed which ranch was which. And I'll swear on a stack of them Bibles that Jake Dimes is honester and fifty regular men.
1: Mr. Pinkelson, after receiving a wire from Mr. Dimes, sent me here to do a little follow-up. I posed as a robber and lay in wait for Hickam, Brax, and Joe. And when they came out of the saloon, that's when I decided...
0: I compared the slugs that came out of the three murdered couriers with the one that came out of Briar Buck and found a match with one of them. I also compared these slugs with samples fired from the guns acquired from Hickam, Brax, and Joe and got three direct matches, one pair of slugs for each of the guns.
1: As a sworn officer of the United States Secret Service, I am here today to testify that the science of ballistics is upheld in the courts back east, with many cases of precedence to support it. I have brought several case histories with me today. Yes, I suppose it could be looked upon as an illegal act, as theft, but every cent of the money I <clears throat> acquired from that trio went to the wives and children of the three murdered couriers. Quiet, quiet. I've heard enough. Yes, Lyman, I think you've vindicated yourself in the eyes of the court, and I understand why you presented your case this way. Now, if the prosecution has no objections... No? Very well. In the case of the Territory of Arizona versus Jake Dawson... Uh, Jake Dimes. Case dismissed. Jasper, yes, issue huh? bench wrongs for Hickam and his gang and hold Miss Betty Jo Hickam custody. I don't.
4: Help. Help. She's gone. She's gone. Please, listen. Please, help me. I need your help. Help me.
1: Mr. Greenslate. Judge. Why, sir, what's the matter?
4: Judge. Judge. Jake. It's Christine. (laughs) She... She's been kidnapped.
2: What's this? Chris Greenslate kidnapped? Who could have done that? And why? I think you and I both have an inkling of who perpetrated this dastardly act, don't we, listeners? But why? The answers to this and other questions will be forthcoming in the 12th and final chapter of Jake Dimes, Range Detective, coming soon. Don't miss it. Chapter 11, The Trial, was written, produced, and directed by Pete Lutz and starred Dana Gonzalves as Jake Dimes, Austin Beach as Buck, Victoria Fonsky as Chris, Nancy Bueller as Molly, Jeff Niles as Sheriff Conroy, Glenn Haskell as Slim Sutcliffe, Joe Stofko as Fred Greenslade, Christy Glick as Betty Joe, and David Alt as Spicer, with Mark Hakula as the judge, Jordan Scavone as the prosecutor. Jack Ward as the defense attorney, and Victor Aurelius as the bailiff. Glenn Higby was the federal agent and the opening announcer. Additional voices were by Gene Giggy, Teddy Gigge, Lisa Michaud, members of the cast, and various members of the Narada Radio Company. The Jake Dimes theme was composed by Pete Lutz and performed by Dr. Ross Bernhardt. This is Darren Rockold speaking. Tune in again next time when you'll hear Jake say...
0: Now what in tarnation are you on about? Chris, I'm trying to tell you we ain't got no future together on account of Marigold Pinkleson and me.
2: This has been a 63 Audio production.
1: 63 Audio.
4: Monday matinee on the Mutual Audio Network always means a potpourri of entertainment, drama, comedy, action. Whew, it really stimulates the mind, don't it? Well, a great way to get your mind back into neutral gear is to catch bells in the battery on Friday follies and Sunday showcase. Silliness is the best cure for mental stimulation. Bells in the battery, always odd, always family-friendly. If only I could convince my family to listen to it.
1: This is the Mutual Audio Network. Listening and
2: imagining together.